thank you once again, everybody, for being here. And hey, welcome to God Squad Church. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor, uh, one of the lead team pastors here at God Squad Church. And so thank you so much for being here. And guys, we're going to be stepping back into Luke today. We've been in a series of Luke. And today I have uh, entitled my sermon, Faith or Lack of Faith. Where do you fall? And we're going to be taking a look at really recognizing where you are at specifically today in your walk of faith, where you're at with Jesus, essentially. And so that once you can recognize that, then you know what direction you need to go in. Do I need to go in this direction? Do I need to go in that direction? What does it exactly look like? And so I'm going to help you hopefully recognize today as you ask yourself some questions where does my faith really lie? Because sometimes I know that for me, I think I have a lot more faith than I actually do in certain circumstances and times like that. And so, like I said, we've been going through the book of Luke and we're finally stepping out. The past several weeks, we've been in, in the Sermon on the Plain. If you guys know what that is, past several weeks, we've been going through the teachings of Jesus from the Sermon on the Plain. And we're finally stepping out of that and we're continuing to follow the life of Jesus as he goes to a place named Capernaum. And I actually really love this story. And so, um, but before we dive into that, I wanted to just, I, I want to say something. I am really, really impressed with certain people. And when I say impressed with certain people, I go on Twitch, I watch things like uh, speed runs, I watch different people who are just really good at gaming. And I am so impressed at the way that some people play video games because they're just they're just over the top, top tier individuals who are really good at what they do. And being a gamer myself, I know for a fact that I am never going to be the greatest first person shooter player of all time. It's just, it's not going to happen. I also know that I'm never going to be the greatest platformer. I know that I'm not going to be the best rhythm gamer. Shout out to Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, by the way. Amazing game. I'm not going to be any of those things. I'm, I'm, I can hold my own sometimes, but I'm not the greatest gamer of all time. But like I said before, something that I'm really, really, really impressed with is the speedrunning community. I guess you could say is that I marvel or I'm amazed at how well they memorize things. There's specific mechanics and specific places that they need to be in specifically to do this trick or this jump so that they can move forward in the game and do it at the fastest rate that they possibly can. Games that would normally take 30 to 40 hours for a casual person and they melt it down to like five hours or even less. I've seen some games that are done in minutes because they found so many glitches or so many tricks that they can do and it really has impressed me over the years as I continue watching some of the speedrunning community. But I also realize that I am marveled or amazed at how bad some people can be at speed running as well. Um, I've seen people who just started and they're practicing and things like that. And, I've, and I'm like amazed. I'm like, that's really not good. They're really bad at that. And I'll be honest, I dabbled in speed running. I got my toes wet, you know, in speed running at one point in my life about four years ago. Uh, and I did it in one of my favorite games of all time, A Link guys like Legend of Zelda. Shout out to Legend of Zelda. But one of my favorite games, A Link to the Past, and I dabbled a little bit in speedrunning during this. And honestly, I actually got quite good at it to an extent at one point as a beginner. 
but I never actually finished any of the speed runs. Um, I got through probably about 80% of the game and I was doing fairly well at one point, but along the way, there were many mistakes, many fails, many things that I needed to do specifically as a beginner, beginning speed runner, essentially, because I just wasn't that good at it. And probably some people were marveled at how bad I actually was at certain points. And so what I want to do first is I wanted to show you guys a clip of uh, how, how speed running may not be my thing. And so let's take a look at this clip. What? Somebody go just clip that, please. Clip it for top five fails. Now, you could probably see from there that speed running was not necessarily my thing, right? I, I messed up. I done messed up. It was, you know, throwing a bomb and I was supposed to throw it in a specific place. And instead of just blowing myself up, I did that, but I actually killed myself in the process. But because I'm a beginning speedrunner, I have a ferry on standby to be able to get, but that all of that, it wastes seconds really, really bad, right? But now what I want to do is I want to show you a clip of the same exact trick, but from somebody that's a professional speedrunner and how to actually do the trick and why he's doing it. So let's take a look at that clip. As you come in here, flip this switch, get out of the ways of the jelly, switch over to the bomb, and again, just being slightly to the left of that wall, drop a bomb and throw it. If you get it into that corner, it will flip the switch and blow up the hole at the same time. Now, this person's name is Fruit Bats, okay? Uh, it's a funny name, and I actually love that name. But yes, he knows how to do speedrunning. He actually showed you exactly what you're supposed to do, why you're doing it, and how to hit the switch, throw the bomb at the same time, but he didn't kill himself in the process. And so, once again, I marvel at how good some people are at speedrunning, but I also have recognized, not only in myself, but in other people, how bad they might be as well. And so today we're going to take a look at two different times and two different stories where Jesus marvels at people's faith. One in good day is to help. You move in the right. I want to look at is the centurion. This is the, this is going to be the main core. Co or character that we're going to talk about today. And I first want to give some backstory of really what's going on in this day and age and who this the Bible. Sometimes we don't exactly know what they are and what their role is. We just think of them as a Roman soldier, which they are, but a centurion was a rank in the Roman military. They would command about 100 people uh, a century. Um, that's, that's where we get the word centurion from. Um, and so they would give commands out to these people, but they also had, they, they, they had the ability to be able to dish out punishments as they saw fit to the different, to different individuals that are under them. And most centurions, they were not seen to be very kind men. And so centurions in this day and age, they were seen to by the Jews as Gentiles. They were outside of the family of God. They were not the children of Israel. They were not the chosen ones, right? 
They were Roman soldiers, and therefore, because they were Roman soldiers, they were used as an instrument for Israel's oppression. So they were not seen as nice people. And also, not only that, but if, if they had somebody that was under them, a servant under their command, and this person fell ill or you know they, uh, they got injured in battle or something like that, they had the ability to have that person be killed. So you can tell that a centurion, when you see one, probably not the person that you want to cross paths with because they're not. read for you is Luke chapter 7 verses 1 through 8. This is going to be the main story that we sit on today. And it says this, after he, speaking about Jesus, after he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now, a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly saying, he is worthy. That is so important right there. That's so weird that they said that. He is worthy to have you do this for him. For he loves our nation. He is the one who built our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. And when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now, like I said, this is, this is highly unusual. Not only does this centurion care deeply about his servant, but also the religious leaders, the people that he sent to go to Jesus, they go, they go there and they say, Jesus, this is a worthy man. A worthy man? The centurion is a worthy man? The person that's oppressing you? The person that, that is mean to his, to his servants? The person? No, this man is worthy. There's something different about him. And then they state all the good things that he's done. The centurion also has an extremely humble heart. Even though he's a part of the oppression of the Jews, they're the ones saying he's worthy, yet the centurion then says, I am unworthy. I'm unworthy for you to come under my roof. I'm not worthy for you to come near my house, Jesus. And then finally, after all of this, the centurion asks that Jesus would just say the word, not come to his house, not lay hands on his servant, just say the word. There's a different amount of faith. And I think we could learn a lot from this centurion today, the way that he treated others, even apart from what was expected of him, the type of humility that he showed, and finally, the type of faith that he had. And listen, this is maybe this... <sighs> 
Maybe this is another sermon in and of itself. But listen, I want to talk about something. This centurion, he had a label on him, okay? He had a label that he was supposed to be an oppressive man. He had a label on him that he was supposed to be mean to people. He had a label where he was able to kill other people. He had this label on him, but he did not allow that label to change what he was supposed to do. He didn't allow that label to say, hey, these are what you expect of me, but I'm going to do this anyways. That's what he does. He goes against the grain. He breaks mold. And I want to ask you today, what label do you have on you that's holding you back in your faith? What label do you have on you today that your parents have put, that the doctor has put, that your friends have put on you today where they are telling you who you are? And you got to stop listening to those people because those labels, they cannot stick. Only God can tell you who you are. Only God is the one that should be labeling you today. Not other people, not what they say, but what God says and who he says you are under him and what he has asked you to do. Don't let the labels hinder your faith. Don't let those labels that are sticking to you hinder you in your relationship with God. You can't do that. And this centurion, he goes against all of that completely. He says, these labels are not going to define who I am. I'm going to let God define who I am. But unfortunately, not everyone has the type of faith that this centurion has. They don't have the type of faith in the ability of Jesus. And so we're going to take a look at today. There's two times, like I said before, that Jesus marvels at people's faith. And so we're going to take, at the take a look at the first time that the Bible uses the term marvel or amazed at. And we're going to look at Jesus marveling at unbelief. And just as some of you probably laughed at the clip before, I, I laugh at myself a lot too, so it's completely okay if you laughed at that. Maybe you were marveled or amazed at how badly I messed up that speed run mechanic earlier. And I do think that sometimes God is amazed or marvels at our lack of faith. Many of us who grew up in church, we, we believe in what the Bible says and we're amazed at what God does. You know, we, we, when we hear about the pastor preaching that God stopped the sun when Joshua asked for it to happen, the plagues in Egypt, he allowed the Israelites to get out of Egypt. They split the red, you know, God split the Red Sea and they walked through it and he allowed it to come crashing down on the Egyptians. We believe that Jesus Christ raised people from the dead, that Lazarus came, Lazarus came out of the tomb. We believe that he healed the blind people. He healed people who were lame from birth and they were able to walk again. He 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 allowed the, uh, the, the people who were deaf to be able to hear. But when it comes to your circumstances, when it comes to your physical health, we say, I believe, I believe, I believe. But then when it comes to me, sometimes we just believe that those miracles aren't for us. When it comes to your finances, when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your family, I believe that God can stop the sun, but I don't think that he can handle the circumstance that I'm going through right now. Or maybe he can do those things, but he's not going to do it for me. There's no reason for him to do that for me. I want to read for you guys Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And it says this, Jesus, he went away from there. And came to his hometown. 
and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him, they were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is this wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joses? Yes, I looked up this, the terminology of that name. It's actually Joses. And Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us as well? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid a hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled, the first time we see it, he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about or went about among the villages teaching. You see, I don't think that Jesus couldn't do mighty works. Matthew also describes the story and he says that he didn't do mighty works. It's not that he couldn't do mighty works. I believe that Jesus was unwilling to do these mighty works because of their lack of faith in him and his abilities. He wasn't going to force signs on people. He was going to say, hey, I'm going to do these signs for you so that you guys can believe in me and have a little bit more faith. You guys have already heard about me, but now I'm going to actually show you. No, 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 no. He wanted their hearts already to be open. He wasn't about to force them to open up their hearts to have faith in him. Can he do that? Absolutely. But I don't think that's what God wants from us. He wants us to have faith in him and his abilities before you see some of the signs, before you see some of those things. He wants them to have faith in him. So think of a situation that you're going through right now in your life, a storm, a circumstance, some sort of a trial. Do you have faith that God can work a miracle in your situation? Do you really think that God can work a miracle in your situation? Or do you think, yeah, God can do miracles, but that's just, it isn't for me. And if that's the case, there needs to be a change in your faith today. But there is one other time in the Bible, Bible when Jesus marveled at the faith of people. And so we're going to look at the second time that Jesus marvels at somebody's faith, but it's Jesus being marveled at their belief. Remember the clip before that I showed you of how the speed mechanic is actually supposed to be run in a link to the past? It's an easier mechanic, sure. And I'll, I'll be completely honest, it's, it's not a hard mechanic. I just really messed it up that one time. It was like the only time that I messed it up. And of course, those are the times that people clip it. People don't clip the good things you do on Twitch. They clip the bad things that you do on Twitch. But if you've seen anything speed ran before ever, you can probably think of something that you were absolutely amazed. It was absolutely insane what they did. They did something so perfect. It was pixel perfect so that they could save 10 seconds, so that they could save a minute in the in the run or whatever it might be. And you marveled at it. You're like, wow, I can't believe that was able to be done. Now I want you to remember the centurion that we talked about earlier. And let me remind you about him. He's a Gentile. From the perspective 
of the people in that time. He is outside of the family of God. He is not a part of Israel. He's not a part of the chosen people of God. He had a completely different label, a completely different expectation that was on him in that point. He's a Roman soldier, therefore a part of the oppression of the Jews. But a commentary from Pate says that due to the fact that he was called worthy, worthy by Jewish leaders, this man who is outside of our people, he is worthy. And they said he loves our nation. He built us our synagogue. He's done these things. He's called worthy by Jewish leaders. This suggests that he was a God-fearing man, though being a Gentile embraced Israel's God. He saw Jesus as a man with authority, as he stated in verse 8. And then the faith that he had caught the eye of Jesus. And so now I want to finish the story and read Luke 7, chapter, uh, chapter 7, verses 9 through 10. And it says, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. The second time we see that word, he marveled at him. And turning to the crowd that followed him said, I tell you, not even in Israel, not even in the chosen people, not even these people who I am with, who I am a part of, have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. We saw before that Jesus went to the people who were God's chosen people. He went to Nazareth. He went to his hometown. Yet they didn't have faith that he could do miracles. And all they did was question him. If you, if you see what it says, it says that they were astonished at his teaching. But they, they heard about him too, obviously. He was doing things, right? He was doing miracles already. So they're astonished. But where did he get this wisdom? Isn't he just the carpenter's son? Isn't he the son of Mary? We know his brothers. His sisters are with us, and their faith went lower and lower and lower as they continued to question Jesus. Aren't his sisters with us? He's obviously just a human. There's nothing special about this guy. And their belief got lower and lower and lower. And I think that we do that in our hearts sometimes, that our faith in God gets lower and lower and lower as we question him about our situations. But here, we see a man who is outside of God's chosen people. We see that Jesus is, Jesus is once again marveled at faith, but this time he's marveled because the centurion believed not only that Jesus could heal someone, but that he could do it by just saying the word. He doesn't have to go there. He doesn't have to lay his hands on his servant. He just has to say something. And Jesus says that he has not found anyone else in Israel with this type of faith. So right now, I want you to think about the situation that you're going through that you thought about before, or maybe another situation that you're going through that is really one of the largest situations that you just, ha you just have no idea how you're going to get out of it right now. Where the pain is real, the struggle is real going through it, there's real sadness, there's no sense of peace. 
the obstacles, they seem too high for you to get over or the storm is too severe. And I want you to answer this for yourself. Do you have faith like this centurion had? Do you believe that Jesus can come in and quiet the storm? Listen, there are stories about Jesus being in the middle of the sea with the disciples or in the middle of a, of a lake, and he, they're trying to get to the other side, and a storm kicks, kicks up, and Jesus is asleep on the boat. And the disciples, they're freaking out. They're like, we're going to die if something doesn't change. We need something to happen. We need the storm to calm down, or we are going to die. But Jesus is in the boat, and they wake him up, and they wake him up and Jesus quiets the storm. Do you believe that God can do that in your life as well? Because I know that you're in the middle of the sea right now. I know that there's a storm kicking up. I know that the waves are high and they're crashing inside of the boat and you don't think that you're going to be able to make it to the other side because you're seeing your destination and you don't recognize that Jesus is right there in the boat, right beside you, ready to quiet the storm. He is ready to do that and you need to have faith that Jesus can quiet those things. And maybe this isn't the answer you want to hear, but maybe he's not waiting for you to get to the solution, but maybe he's transforming you during the process of the storm that you're going through right now so that you see your perspective of the storm, your perspective of what the storm looks like is completely different because this is what God is trying to get you through during this moment in your life. And you don't know why, but he knows exactly what is perfect for you. It's tough. And I know that. But have faith that God knows what he is doing. Have faith that he can quiet that storm. Have faith that those waves, they won't be crashing down anymore. He will get there. And you see that destination. I know the solution is there. God will get you there. Continue having faith in him, even with the struggle that you're going through right now in your life. So do you have faith like the centurion had? Great faith. Or do you have faith like the people in Nazareth? In Nazareth, Jesus was amazed at the centurion's faith as he believed more than anyone in Israel. But he was also amazed at the lack of people or the lack of faith that the people had when he went to Nazareth. Jesus is amazed right now at the faith that you have in your life. He is. But the real tough question here is, which side of the scale do you lie on? Do you lie on the side where he has marveled at your faith because you believe so much in what he can do? Or is he amazed at the lack of faith that you have in your life and you're not really believing the ability that he has? And listen, this is not to discourage you. Like I said before, th this is not to discourage you. This is to help you come to recognize where your faith is. As humans, we are imperfect people. I know there are many times in my life where my faith was at an all-time low. It was at an all-time low where I didn't know where to go at that point. But I promise you this, God has a reason for every little thing that you go through in your life. Have faith that he can get you through the moment have faith that maybe he's changing you, changing your perspective on the situation so that you can continue moving forward in your faith. And so, like I said, this is not to discourage you. This is to help you recognize where your faith is right now so that now you can move forward in helping your faith to grow deeper and deeper and deeper as you grow into a greater and more intimate relationship with him.
And so I want to give you an opportunity right now. I want to give an opportunity for those people. Maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life. I want to give you an opportunity to rededicate your life to Jesus. Because listen, life is not easy. It's not. And sometimes we, we stray off the path. Sometimes we go far off the path. And we don't have faith in Jesus. We don't have faith in his ability in our lives. And so I want to give you an opportunity today to rededicate your life to him. To say, God, I know that I've been straying for a long time. I know that I have not been close to you. But today I want to make sure that I am going to be moving closer and closer and closer to you. But I also want to give you an opportunity today. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to accept him for the first time into your life. Here's the gospel in a nutshell. Listen, Jesus came to this earth and he lived a pure and perfect life. And then he went to the cross to die for the wrong things, the sins that you did. He paid the debt for you. He went to the cross and he died on the cross and he rose from the dead, showcasing that the grave could not hold him down, that sin couldn't hold him back. And he broke through all of that, the barrier that separated us from the Father. And he rose from the dead so that one day, if you accept Jesus Christ, if you reach out for his extended hand to you and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, that you will too have the ability to be able to resurrect after we die here on earth. Jesus has given you that power and that ability when we accept him so that one day we can live in eter- for eternity in paradise with him, with your Savior. He loves you so, so deeply and so much. And so I want to give you an opportunity today. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, if you have never accepted accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity today as well. So whether you want to rededicate your life or accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what I would ask you to do is to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus, and I believe that he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead. And right now, God, I accept your mercy, your grace, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. And Jesus, I ask that you would come live inside of my heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Let's give a clappers in the chat for anyone who has just either accepted Jesus as their savior for their first time, or if they're rededicating their life, you guys are brave and you just made the best decision in your life. Go ahead and also put in the chat if you did this because we would love to be able to celebrate with you. Um, You can also put that exclamation point connect, fill out that form because you might have questions like, what does this life look like? How do I pursue God? How do I have more faith? And we would love to be able to answer any of those questions um, and help you along this new journey. So, yay! thank you so much, Boz, for that awesome sermon. Mm. Man, guys, the word faith for me personally has just been like, God is definitely like in my face right now. 
Um, I just bought a shirt that said faith over fear because I need that in my life right now. And faith is hard. It really, really is. Um, and so I just encourage you guys, like, take this to heart. Know it's not easy. Know that we have, that's why we have each other to do this. And um, I know for me personally, this was not planned, but I'll just tell you about it. I have started reading, trying to do a read the Bible in whole year plan. And it's through something called the Bible Recap. And you can actually go to, if you have the Bible app on your phone, the Bible recap is in there as a reading plan, and it will help you uh, read the Bible through an entire year. There's also this awesome podcast led by this woman who is really good at like, sometimes you read things in the Bible and you're just like, what did I just read? I have no idea. So she is great at then like recapping what you just read and letting you know like the history of what you're reading and what times were like back then and really does a great job explaining it. Um, because in order to have faith like God needs to be in our face, right? And how can he be in her face if there's all this stuff from the world, from gaming, from movies, from your friends, like who knows what it could be. There's just tons of stuff out there that can like just pour into your mind and hide God. So we need to be pursuing him. And I know reading the Bible in a year sounds crazy, but it is so amazing. So join me in this journey if you're feeling like it. Um, and feel free to send me a DM as well, but it's good. It's great. Um, so yes, thank you, Boz, so much for that awesome, awesome sermon. I hope you guys liked it. Um, we are, well, I'll tell you again, if you're new here, if you're not new here, but you want to connect here, go ahead, exclamation point connect to get that form, fill out that form, fill it out as much as you are comfortable. It's nice and easy so that we can know you are here. We can connect with you. We can pray with you um, and just say hello. Hi, because experiencing community is one of our uh, main goals here as a church. We also have a discord that you can join. I usually talk about this at the end, but we're talking about it now. Our discord is awesome. If you want to be a part of the community, go ahead, pop into our discord for sure. Oh, Passy Princess, God will definitely still accept you. Um, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And none of us are perfect. And it doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't even matter what we will do. He created you and he wants to be with you. So I'm so glad you are here. Um, and yeah, connect with us in the Discord. We would love to have you. We have a woman's ministry. If you're at all interested in joining that, we just watched and a uh, Studio Ghibli movie, the last event we had. So we would love to have you there. Um, and so now we are going to enter a time of offering and giving. Uh, and we do this because we want to partner with God to make sure that gamers can hear about God, about Jesus, about him. And we could not be a church without you guys and your giving. So if you would love to join this mission and give something, we have a couple of safe and secure ways you can give to us. Um, you can either put exclamation point give in chat and that will bring up a link. You can scroll the bottom of our Twitch page and click that link. You can go to our website, godsquadchurch.com. There's something you can click on there. And you can also text us if you live in the United States. Just go ahead and text the number 84321. Again, that's 84321. You can text any amount 
to that number and it will help guide you through there. So we just want to say thank you so much for your giving. Once again, we could not do this without you. And for those of you who have been giving, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity as we continue to make a difference in the lives of gamers around the world. It's just so amazing. It's, it's awesome. I love it.